Are we rolling? We just start talking now? <clears throat> okay. Yep. What's up? Are we started? Yeah. Okay. We've been talking about my stress eating. <laughs> right. Um, cheese and pepperoni. Yeah. Good combination. Um, do you want to talk about why we're doing this? Um, do you? Ha what are your reasons? Oh, for doing this? Mm-hmm. Besides money? Right. Selling out, even though we're not selling out and doing this. Well, we don't get to choose the commercials. Oh, that's true. So it's really YouTube is exploiting us. Is that what it is? Uh, I guess if that's where we're uploading this. Right? Um... I still feel like the mic is <laughs> too far from your mouth. You're just never gonna. <laughs> okay, I my personal goal is we need to get to Oprah. Okay, like if you get to Oprah, then she has the network to get you wherever you want to go. Okay, that's my theory. The other thing is, I think we need more people in conversation in general just to help like offset the people that are really radical or I don't know are we ready to receive mean comments about ourselves oh god no because um. the comment section is going to be ruthless oh Can yeah we? YouTube's comment section is pretty great we could disable comments that's, <laughs> we, that's what we could do okay that that feels passive aggressive um yeah, I think it's normally a dumpster fire, but I don't know. Maybe we should just let it happen, right? Sure. I, okay, I don't want to read the comments. Yeah, Jacob can, can Jacob read can the comments. Filter out the, yeah. The best. Um, right. So money, Oprah. Comments. No, that's not <laughs> what we're trying to do. All right. We're trying to be part of the conversation. Yeah, no, that I actually like that last one. Yeah, that's yeah. really the real reason, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's too much echo chamber like our headsets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about snowplow parenting? Yeah, so... I don't know what that is, so <laughs> please. It's not what you think. Um, it's a term I heard about earlier. I think it was today or yesterday. Um, it's where I think it's in reaction to the um, the college admission scandal. Do you know? I was trying to talk about the other day, but you guys blew me off. Um, but basically, it's way to, us, <laughs> way to save that, save that pent up energy for now. But basically. Um, <laughs> It's where parents try to clear the pathway for their kids. You uh -huh. know, they're like preventing um, them from having any obstacles or problems, right? So they're like clearing the, right. the path. Um, As opposed to giving them the skills to deal with problems that they face. Yeah, and I think the difference between that and like helicopter parenting would be that um, helicopter parenting is reacting in the moment when the problem is happening and the snowplow is like preventative like mm -hmm. you don't get phased by whatever the struggle is yeah 
So I think is, um, what where does good parenting fit in, in in the analogy? I don't know. It seems like the best strategy is to give people exposure to experiences and tools like practice mm -hmm. using tools. Right. Can you get tools like can you do the tools need to be learned? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I think ideally, like the parents would teach you tools within your kind of safer environment, like in a hypothetical setting, and then they would help you test them out in the real world, you know, and then hopefully you can just do them yourself eventually, right? That sounds like snowplow parenting. I don't know. I'm getting like abstract on this, but just like if you zoom out enough, it's like always snowplow parenting. You want to help your kids out. And well, maybe it's like the degree to which the snowplowing is happening because parents have to, to some degree, for safety, right? Like at first, like when you're a baby, it's like totally. Sure. But it should back off as you get older, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, that was just something I heard about this morning. I, I, do you think it's better to like have a parent err on the side of overprotective or underprotective? Mm. Um, I would say I think the norm right now, people are overprotecting yeah and so I would say to counterbalance that and underprotect like I don't know if it was the Bezoses that we're talking about their kids like they'd rather them have nine fingers and be prepared for the world than something else damn did they say that that's a perfect question <laughs> to to research to ask uh, our yeah. uh, Google. So we can. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, Man, that was fast. <laughs> that was, <laughs> um, Jacob wishes to remain anonymous, so. Yeah. Um, okay, that. I don't know. That feels maybe too extreme. Right? But at least they can cook. Yeah, you, I mean, you... You, you see what I did in the kitchen earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nine fingers is better than zero fingers, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I also think it's pretty incredible, like, how resilient people can be from their childhood. Oh, like, how you can really rewire your brain, like, pretty significantly. Um, from your childhood? I'm kind of skeptical of that. I think it's... A lot of hard work to do that yeah it's hard work but it's possible i think before they didn't think that it was possible to like sort of change the pathways of your brain you know we didn't really yeah. understand but it takes so a lot of like talking about neuroplasticity yeah i think so okay. but also it requires like a certain skill set on your part to do that so not everyone has access to that right like you need a certain like substance to be able to jump that hurdle like a skill yeah to 
love to be that introspective and mm -hmm. like know oh yeah my parents fucked me up mm -hmm. like the discipline to yeah. overcome it yeah are we gonna let ourselves curse on this yeah okay. um i think you can say anything you want all right. Uh, so but just don't get fired. Like you can't play music, right? So like the copyright oh, stuff yeah. or like if we were playing some kind of visuals that would be the only thing, right? Copyright? Okay. I'm just oh, saying you for can't, like our audience. You can't smoke pot on oh, camera. You, you used to be able to on YouTube. So is the Joe Rogan podcast of uh I don't th I think you're not supposed to. I think that's what people were saying. You're not supposed to film yourself smoking pot. But I thought he... So they smoke tobacco. But I thought they, like, smoke pot, like, off to the side. Oh, okay. Right? I don't know. I didn't see that episode. Well, there's more... I think there's multiple ones, right? Where he smoked pot? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of um, the, the Elon Musk interview. I thought one was famous. Yeah. I think that was his number one viewership. Yeah. And then Alex Jones, which was good, but hard to get through. I had to do segments because yeah, he's I so insane. Watch that one. I feel like it'd be hard to be in the room with him because his energy would like crush me. Like I just don't, there's no way I could match his <laughs> what he's bringing to the table. Can you bring Do up Alex Jones? What about him? Oh, I just, I feel like I've seen him, but I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, he's the InfoWars guy. He, um, yeah, that's him okay. on the podcast. <laughs> okay, he looks familiar, <laughs> but I'm not that familiar with him. So, <laughs> that's <a> great. <laughs> he's like very conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. Like, he thinks that... Like, I don't know, like f abortion, they, like, I guess where people are having abortions and they're, s they're like taking the babies and like taking the blood and giving them to aliens or some, it's something like that. Yeah. So. So it's like a two-step conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like something that's really over the top. Plus another thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just like dialed up to 11 always. But what's funny to me is that um, he thinks like the flat earth people are stupid. He's like, the earth is round, you idiot. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like where are your like, li yeah. limits? Um, yeah. So transitioning to conspiracy theories, I'm really intrigued with the flat earth people. I'm interested in like, why you would think the earth is flat they don't agree on the th the like logistics of how it's shaped and all that um i don't really see people trying to disprove it i don't know like what do you think of this like sort of anti-science movement which happens periodically well it seems like a lot of them i don't know much about flat earth but it seems like there's a lot of pseudoscience around these anti-scientific things they're like you know um, this causes it or it's just like bad science to prove things um, I don't know, I'm do thinking of anti-vaxxers right now oh yeah well do you think that's like a consequence of education 
like not having the foundation to kind of think through stuff like that or the critical thinking mm -hmm. skills um that's interesting i'm trying to think of who bad science arguments, conspiracy theory. I'm trying to think if there's overlap. Um, I, I want to say, like conspiracy theories, I think really smart people can be prone to thinking they're great. So I don't think it's like lack of schooling or um, well, understanding of logic. It's like... Okay, okay, another example is I've recently learned that there are people who think that space is not real. I don't know if they think it's a conspiracy, but like I don't think they think that what's in the sky is like outer space. It's mm -hmm. like I don't know, synthetic somehow. Yeah, I mean, on some level, I kind of get that at least as a starting point. That if you didn't have this education. You'd be like, what the hell? What What's this thing called space that everyone's talking about? It's like the, the burden of proof is on the scientists to say, say mm -hmm. yeah, there is actually space. Um, right. There's something out there. But to me, it's like, it's one thing to, to say that in like a more ancient context, like a different mm -hmm. time period. But now, like with the internet and like everything on the internet is true. Just the availability of information, like I don't know, that feels so like the hard to buy into that. Like I, I'm surprised. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess there's always skeptics. And well, and there's always people that are just being contrary. I guess like sure. they. They think that. Well, yeah. May, I mean, it's like the real thing trying to get attention. Mm hmm And maybe that's conscious or unconscious. Mm hmm Speaking of conscious and unconscious, yeah. do you want to talk about your LSD thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I guess I should talk about meditation and mindfulness and loss of self okay before that okay go for it um we've been on a mindfulness journey yeah so i've been meditating daily for like nine ish months now mm -hmm. um and i'm up to like 53 hours at least using one app so a little more than that. Um, and I got into it because I heard it was really good for you and helps clean your, clear your mind. Um, and then there were just, just like a lot of psychological, mental health benefits from it. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured I'd give it a shot. I didn't like it when I first tried it like a decade ago because I was doing it wrong and I didn't use an app or a guided meditation in any way. So I was like trying to clear everything out and just not think about anything. Um, but that's kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to do. It's sort of like this blend of 
not thinking about something, but like letting things happen. It's like there's a light focus um, that really you just have to play around with to get right. But it's um, a lot of what they'll say is it's all about awareness um, and being aware is kind of the same as being focused. It's the same as feeling love. Um, it's about compassion. So um, I guess for me, the biggest benefit I really picked up on with meditation after doing it a couple months is like, I suddenly felt that feeling of compassion like um, when I start meditating, um, you're supposed to focus on your breath and then like your first inclination is your mind wanders and you're like, shit, why the fuck did you let your mind wander? You're so stupid. Like those thoughts like go through your head and then like, then you're t totally off a different tangent. Um, is that is that like the voice? Is that how you really talk to yourself, or is that exaggerated? Um, I would say that that's not always, but that's that can happen. Mm. So so yeah. So I needed to work on compassion. Mm. Um, and so it's like okay, no, just like really the objective. It's like focus on your breath, but for me, it's like the main focus is actually just making sure I catch myself when my mind wanders mm -hmm. and just say, okay, we'll come back to the breath. And then thoughts are going to come by. Some of them you'll get um, taken down the, the road on. Um, yeah. And then you'll forget. And then five minutes later you realize you're not thinking about your breath anymore. And then not being yourself up about that. It's like, oh, well, um, I think there's some element of it that's like, you have to accept that you don't really control your thoughts. Uh, I think that's sort of the premise of it. Um, that thoughts come and go, and sometimes you get swept away by them. And there's just moments uh, you have this sense of control where you can catch it. And um, I've been listening to this book by Robert Wright called Why Buddhism is True. And some of this is backed up by um, modern neuroscience research, like mm -hmm. elements of Buddhism. Um, so that that's basically backed up by evidence that like you have these different modes that your mind can be in. So like if you see someone attractive, then it like resets your your motives or like if um, you know a fight or flight response or something it's like it's kind of a different brain than it was right before that thing happened um, so so there's that and then there's like that conscious like the CEO of the brain kind of a thing that we sort of attach ourselves to mm. and we think that's like that's everything like but really identity. it's more like yeah. a fraction I don't, I don't know to me i don't know what the the research said on it I felt but i felt like it was like one seventh or something of your being is that like maybe 15 percent of the time you're like actually able to control 
oh. what's happening. Um, and that kind of makes sense. I, I've definitely heard like habits are really like that's why habits are so critical. It's like we run on autopilot so often throughout our day. Mm-hmm. Like just hearing it and kind of having some awareness that yeah, we are creatures of habit is it resonates a lot with me. Um, so I need to go down to the whole like loss of self. How thing. like how would you describe what the mind is to like someone that doesn't have one? How would they understand what the mind Well just is? let's assume they can, that we can communicate with them. Okay. Cause it's weird like what you were saying I agree there's like an interesting flexibility and kind of trickery that happens where like your mind focuses on something and then it looks away and then it comes back and it like is kind of oscillating and moving around in a Mm -hmm. strange way it's not linear and it's like like the meditation helps zoom out and not get attached yeah well like i feel like when i get swept away from some of those thoughts or like my mind's really busy um it's it's almost this feeling like suffocation or drowning or something it's like just so um emotionally taxing like this i feel it everywhere in my body that i'm like being pulled down Mm -hmm. by having to think about these things and then um i guess now i've built up that appreciation for mindfulness uh, and it's just good to be like oh i don't have to do anything right now i can just like look up and it's like oh the sky looks nice today and like Mm -hmm. just oh okay i'm breathing that's that's better than whatever the hell i was just thinking about (laughs) right um i think that's another thing it's just how negative we are (laughs) how like we're wired to be so negative so it's good to get yourself kind of out of that it's like well thinking about something neutral is not so bad and i also think it's strange we've talked before about how um there's data about like how repetitive your thoughts are from Mm -hmm. the day before it's like a huge percentage maybe 70 or 80 percent or something are repeat thoughts Mm -hmm. and i don't i still don't understand it feels like a design flaw the way the mind is structured or has evolved like it doesn't i'm not really i don't know if it's because like modern times have or contemporary times have like changed yeah the environment too fast or if it's really kind of a like the mind should be a tool that you can turn off in theory right you should be able to access it for like executive functioning or whatever thinking through something and then shut it off but we can't shut it off and why Oh, you so know, what are, you, what are you considering the mind and this? Like the voice, I guess the voice that's that's talking to yourself is part of it. Uh-huh. And then the energy that so, it's absorbing. So maybe uh, you might be talking about the, the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that gets good into talking about the, the default mode net, network. Go for it. Um, so... Part of what Buddhism um, teaches, it's kind of like a fundamental thing, is this loss of um, self, or like there is no self. And I think 
some of that's like a little bit lost in translation and some of this is just like hard to it's on the fringes of language and that's why just spiritual stuff is people can just say oh yeah that doesn't make any sense if you take it too literally so i think this it's not literally saying yeah you don't have this self but it's you don't have this self in this ego way or it's like better you can live your life better if you kind of detach yourself from this sense of right. ego and like your mind's gonna wander in real life anyway but it's like if you get good at meditating you can flip the switch and mm -hmm. have that egoless self um so they've done like brain scans on like novice meditators and uh expert meditators and they see that like this section of the brain called the default mode network um, has lighter activity in the with like the novice meditators when they start um, meditating and like the MRI. And then the expert meditators is like they don't see anything happening, um, and that they can do that. Like it takes a few minutes for the novice meditator to get to that point, but then the expert meditator can um, experience that loss of self immediately um and then how does that lead to the lsd because the same thing happens mm. if you take um uh drugs like lsd so uh i think i'm trying to think of where i saw it i think robert wright did another um He's, he's does a thing called blogging head um, and so he interviewed someone who talked about um, you know psychedelic drugs and similarities with with meditation um, and, and the key thing being the, the loss of the sense of self right but then if you go too far then we consider you like psychotic or mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, mean, uh, I think, yeah. yeah, so they did some research on it, um, and it was more like, um, gosh, I forget how they started this, but it was basically like they gave really small doses, and there was also a lot of preparation. They had, like, these guides, mm, mm -hmm. um, so they would work with, um, yeah, it was with patients that were near death. Um, really? Mm-hmm. And so it was... Why didn't you mention that in the beginning? God. <laughs> Fake news. So, okay. So it was with patients that were near death, and they were like, you know, some of them were afraid of dying. So they wanted to help people who were afraid of dying. Mm. Uh, and so they were basically part of the advice they give you before you take a psychedelic is, okay, your temptation is going to be to, like, run away from whatever scary thing is we're gonna try and encourage you to lean into those things and it's kind of like i guess it's like you're this psychedelic vision or whatever is some manifestation of like your inner anxiety mm -hmm. about things and it's our tendency to run away from those things um but it's often really helpful to like lean into that anxiety right like if you can tolerate the physical pain or the emotional mm -hmm. pain of it mm -hmm. 
Um, it seems like LSD kind of shut, maybe, I, I don't know, but it may kind of shut off your ability to, um, like, it's too powerful to resist, right? Like, it overpowers your choice. Uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of the... Um, I don't know about a low dose, but... Yeah. I, I'm not an expert on psychedelics. I haven't done any. Um, but I think it's... The, the difference between, like, a good trip and a bad trip is really more about um, your attitude towards it. So, like, are you going to embrace whatever happens or are you going to resist it? So, the, sure. like, the worst trips happen when you resist. And maybe it's, like, it's kind of, there's probably some breaking point where it's just, like, yeah, that's, like, way too intense to really deal with. Yeah, and I wonder if, I, I'm sure there's, like, physiological or... Um, other kind of factors like how well you're, you've eaten or hydration or mm -hmm. were you just up all night or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that like changes the tone of the trip maybe. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Like I've seen several people like at the end of life and dying, you know, and there's this kind of progression that often happens where, um, someone is declining and then they kind of go into like a meditative state so they won't be able to walk maybe and their eyes are closed or they're not really as responsive like sensory responsive um i mean we're assuming there's still like auditory information registering but um there's just kind of this like slowdown and i wonder if like that's a like there's a natural kind of LSD s similar moment happening kind of at the end of people that are sort of aging naturally like that mm -hmm. um, if they're kind of going to an alternate space or kind of facing something yeah I don't know if they're calming down or like accepting where they are or like well, stopping I think running away from fear I think eventually at the very least everybody calms down because your body breaks down mm -hmm. like your mind can't maintain the anxiety i don't think yeah. that's what it looks like is happening right like everybody calms down in the end but once your eyes are closed and you're kind of not you're sort of disengaged um i don't it's hard to tell what's happening obviously because really the person is mostly just breathing and um maybe making sounds um so yeah. I wonder if that's like a natural way that that happens. That's interesting. I, I mean, it would be nice if earlier in life we had less of a tolerance for that anxiety and just like, damn, I can't deal with this. I, I think that's something that people don't really talk about is like, I think people think about preparing for old age by like they're taking care of their body or like physical. Yeah like staying in shape or eating or walking or whatever, even socializing, which is a really big uh, component, right? Isolation like accelerates a lot of these um, conditions, like uh, end of life conditions. So, um, but people don't talk about the emotional work that you should be doing while you're cognitively able to. You should be like, processing feelings and developing kind of adaptive coping skills in a real long game kind of way like you know 
just even basic things about like letting someone help you um uh, not being so suspicious of things like tolerating um something being a little different than what you expected or you know like Mm -hmm. the people i think that have a lot of control issues and a lot of um like high expectations maybe like they can be really driven but at the end when they're declining it doesn't those skills don't serve them at all you know yeah those like the skills that that we value as a culture aren't helpful at the end and i think the meditation for sure and the mindfulness is a way to like access that skill yeah well and i feel that i've got some of that better than that like i feel like i'm generally uh, low-key anyway i wouldn't say i'm a relaxed person but low-key and like i'm not gonna freak out on someone Mm -hmm. um and i i would say it's like yeah but mindfulness is such like a huge benefit to me and just based on like the I guess saying like a type A type of person would benefit the most from mindfulness. I'm like, it sure helps me a hell of a lot too. Um, And I I guess it's like, I think it's not just being active. Maybe it's just like in the background, I'm a, a type A and I'm just not like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's possible for like every personality type to have like a balanced optimal state mm-hmm. and that you kind of all are accessing the same thing where you have this component of like productivity and like skill that you can contribute to the group but then you can also back off and um and kind of be a team player or let someone else kind of it's just like what we were talking about earlier where there's that oscillation like in your mind where it's kind of push pulling. I think you have to be able to do that. Like, and I think every personality is capable of having balance, but I'm not, I'm not saying that that's possible physically, but like theoretically, uh, um, I think it kind of gets at, um, that the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. that's like, I feel like that's such a key ingredient. If I can get it right, like give me the strength to um, accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There is, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's like. I feel like that's what it's all about with the the mindfulness. You um, know, you know what I think the key is like where I think the breakdown happens is that I think the mind requires like constant check-ins to mm-hmm. itself, right? Like that to me is what mindfulness is trying to ask you to do. So so what I think happens is people get they have a train of thought and then they just like get fixated on it and they never check in with themselves. They never check in about like their physical needs or they never reevaluate what track they're on. Yeah. And so I think the mind needs 
to be quite like kind of like a check-in you know what i'm saying like sort of um like you can't just autopilot for very long yeah well i I think that's sort of the ego has some ego about itself Mm -hmm. and when you first start with uh mindfulness you get really a like oh this is stupid why should i care what's going on in my body it's like yeah it's of course it's there um but i think i would say just okay there's benefits to it having checked in with my body but also um like i i haven't been able to like tangibly say what those benefits are but other than it like helps my mind like checking in uh, with my body as part of meditation it's just like more of an exercise mm-hmm. seems like the main benefit well, I think and then uh, it's just a, like there is some observations like oh yeah I'm kind of tense I think the body is giving signals to try to communicate with the mind mm-hmm. like it's trying to talk in this like physical way yeah I think there's something to that and that I, I also like to me I I feel like we're taught that the mind operates at the expense of the body and that you should push yourself beyond a physical limit to achieve like a mental maximum, mm-hmm. right? And so you can use things like body altering substances like cigarettes or alcohol or caffeine or whatever, under eating, overeating, anything, um, sleep deprivation. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all you're generally right that it's all you gotta use your body whatever way to like be maximally productive mentally because that's what our society values but then at the same time oh yeah you've got to be like freaking hot at the same time (laughs) like well that feels like a, a contemporary yeah like expectation that's different than before right like not every generation had that because now you need to be really absurdly well-rounded you know to be considered like a worthwhile person so physical like standards are high experience standards are high like you know like meeting someone who's never left the state they were born in it's like uh bye like good (laughs) luck never going to college or what you know like um yeah just not having exposure to things or ha- being too much of like a niche kind of skill set it's like forget it like you also and you also need to be like an independent person across the board in everyday life like you have to manage money you have to like cook and clean and go to work and create your schedule and socialize and like climb mountains and sure. whatever sure. like so there's no room for like weak spots in I don't think because there's nobody to compensate for it. There's no tribe. There's no even family um, unit. Yeah, the kind of loneliness and that we're more siloed. Um, but there's so many of us in the city, but we're yeah. so lonely at the same time. Yeah, and there's so many of us that have like you have to be kind of hyper independent because, um, you know who who else who's going to help you do your stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) like logistically there's a lot to do 
as an adult, right? If you're doing yeah. everything you're supposed well, to do. it's like we've – I'm going to come around to a thought, I think, that makes sense. Okay. Um, that we haven't valued getting good enough at social skills. I think it's part of it that mm. we're uh, – that we kind of want this sense of community, but we don't want to deal with people and – like wouldn't it be it would definitely be financially easier if we just like still lived in houses with like a long house or something or something with mm -hmm. uh, you know 30 people and then everyone took turns cooking dinners and um, there was like a society within mm -hmm. where you live instead of like that's the place you <laughs> Um, I've heard that like 70 to 100 people is like a good community size mm -hmm. logistically. But it's like we want to, and, and I don't know, like, did we just deal with our parents better back then? Or maybe we just had to. Um, but yeah, this sense of community so definitely feels like it's missing. It seems like people... Um, I think that there's data showing that people that have religious affiliations have a stronger sense of community. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's like a built-in reason to keep gathering right. and uh, being involved in, in different projects. And um, I think people that have strong family networks where they like get along with their family and they're in touch and, and connected with a, their, like their immediate family, um, those people seem have that but there's like i just think there's like the ability to survive as an individual now like you don't in theory you don't like need anyone if you don't want to um and i think that that's people are being forced in that position that may not even want to just i think we we do need each other but there's almost like this expectation or something from society that you shouldn't need anyone. Yeah. It's not acceptable if you need help. Yeah. And, like, if our life expectancy is increasing, which I assume it is, um, like, for our generation and lower, um, then you've got a lot of time to, like, fill. <laughs> you know, uh, like, like, you... And I think there will be more phases of your life, right? So... I just don't think that there is like this really neat progression in a storyline the way that there used to be in other generations. Um, I don't know. I I'm gonna just have skepticism that like we're always every generation is gonna say, "Man, it's so hard to be our generation." Mm -hmm. um, I think they've all got... I mean, I, I think this is the best one so far. Yeah. Hands down. I don't know how... So, like, if we're millennials, right, then mm -hmm. I don't know how the generations below us feel, like, like people in their early 20s, maybe. Yeah. But, like, this is definitely the best time to be alive, right? I just feel grateful. Objectively, yeah. I mean, like, I feel grateful for modern sense. medicine, at, yeah. at the very least. Like, pain management? Yeah. Oh, I think in it's like in an absolute sense, this is a, the best time to be alive, but that's not how our brains work. Sure. 
that it's it's all about where you are relative to everyone else well also like our story i don't know i feel like when you have like a you're newer in the storyline it feels more uncertain and less mm-hmm. stable maybe like yeah the perception you're, you're the last generation made it through their right their years right yeah. where there's like some stability that you don't have when you're younger and i mean there is something to say about like the skill set of adapting to this technology and yeah. i i mean in our lifetime it seems like we'll have to deal with some kind of like ai integration some kind of like robot something something have you have we talked about the singularity before i don't remember okay i guess not that's kind of or i blocked it out i blocked it out okay are you gonna talk about it now um we don't have to why um because we got other stuff why would you bring it up if you weren't gonna talk about it (laughs) okay (laughs) we can talk about it if you want AI and the future yeah. of technology. Well, what else would okay? If we don't talk about it, then what do we? What do we? What were you gonna say? Got a huge list of things. Um, got judgmental. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was a harsh transition. <laughs> so you wrote judgmental because I I was being judgmental. I was being critical to you earlier. I was. Yes. I was have a, I had a lot of commentary about your actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you want to follow up on that? Yeah, not really. Okay. But you gave me a hard time about the um, the paper plates. And oh, yeah. And yeah. the sweet potato. Yeah. So you were, like, dinner was not ready when I walked in the door, mm-hmm. which should have happened probably, right? Um, we were not as eco-friendly as we could have been. We were using paper plates. <laughs> I thought we were going to freely express our opinions, but sounds like maybe not. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Okay, it's your turn. Right. Feel free. This is it. We're filming. Oh, to be judgmental. Yeah, whatever we need to do to have some closure on this topic. I don't ever want to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to save that for later. Why? Can't we just... We don't want a dangling participle here. No. Should bring I apologize? Just bring, just bring it back. Do you a want little. me to apologize? Just bring it back a little. I'm sorry for being judgmental earlier. Are you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Does that feel more no. sincere? If <laughs> if we were texting, I would add a lot of emojis. Okay. Is that fire? Yeah, like fire, fire, unicorn. Yeah. Is that? That's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then well, we... speaking of unicorns. Yeah, do you want to talk about unicorns? Yesterday, um, we were trying to figure out a name for this, whatever we're doing. And Jake, what is Jacob's role? I don't know. <laughs> Is he a manager? Uh, it's more I'm, than something like that. It's more than a manager. It's like emotional support, tech support, 
schedule support production (laughs) production okay there we go um so jacob said that we had to come up with a a name and we were group texting and we couldn't think of one yeah and so he said we each had to come up with a word i said unicorns yeah you said something weird and then, I don't think I did that time. I think you said mermaid. No, that was later. What did I say? I don't know. But I feel like oh, you were not giving helpful second words. No, I totally wasn't. Yeah, and I couldn't <laughs> tell if it was on purpose or not because I can't tell through text. Yeah. And so then he, Jacob said we should... <laughs> Jacob said that we should individually text him so like a blind submission yeah and I texted mermaid and you texted the number 12, 12. yeah not a helpful suggestion I'm just well I outsourced that from my friend Trevor he did you ask Trevor yeah so it was it was a random Oh my gosh, Trevor was involved in this conversation? And I Not did... in the conversation, but I asked him to give a random word. Um, I can't. All right. I can't read that. It's uh, too small. The... Can you blow it up? <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> um, Is that the DM? I think we want to see the, the history. Uh, I said moist. (laughs) Yeah, but you've also. Oh my gosh, that's. I forgot about that. I see. I didn't see this. Yeah, this is what I direct messaged. uh, (sighs) Okay, I just, I felt like you were picking strange and or it's like you were sexually charging the words unnecessarily. Um, like well, you you, you said you, daddy or something. Yeah, I did say daddy. But that's because you said... I said unicorn. My unicorn. word was unicorn. And yeah. then I Well, said, then I was like, unicorn's weird. That's not... Okay. And then I said mermaid because, like I've said a million times, like unicorns and mermaids, it's very popular. People are into it. Keyword search. And you were just like not thinking. I, I don't about that i feel like unicorn is almost exclusively used in like a sexual way it's not i'm telling you there's like all kinds of unicorn toys there's all kinds of unicorn like (laughs) color themes and like people do i just spend too much time on dating apps this is that's where this is going okay so what are people saying on dating apps that has to do with unicorns are they saying not, they would be a unicorn? Um, some are, and some are saying not. Can, most people here, are look, saying not can, looking for a unicorn. Okay, look up the definition of, of unicorn. I think it's a person that will, like, be with a couple. Yeah. And they'll... It's like... I, is it specifically a woman? No. Or just a common... A swinging term. Single female interested yeah. in a couple. Okay. Um... So women are saying they're not interested in being a unicorn on dating sites. Yeah. Why I want, why is why are people disclosing that? I don't know. Like, like is that an issue? Is that like an obstacle or a, a I request? Think people just find things that they dislike about dating profiles, and then they say, "I don't like this about 
dating profiles that I see. I mean, I just, I just feel like that's a rare. It, it's it's like, it's fairly common. I like I see. What is not? Common? I see not not poly, not looking for a unicorn, but not looking to be a third, but most commonly not looking for a hookup. That's like okay. almost the number one, so, the least common denominator of women profiles that I see. So your like word association with unicorn is like those terms. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Okay. That's not mine. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, still didn't have to do that. I also suggested mermaids. Yeah. Well, so I thought uh, like <laughs> daddy unicorn was going too far. Is but is that a term? Is daddy, daddy mermaid? Sa- daddy mermaid just sounded interesting. Leather daddy. Leather daddy. Um, okay. <laughs> they made Mario into a leather. Oh daddy. wow! There is a, um, a Donald Trump leather. Daddy I thought you. Photoshopped. I thought you didn't want to um, go with talk politics. about politics. I, that's not political. That's just the president. How is being that? How is that not political? He could be listening to this. And might tweet it. Okay. And so you fine. just. I'm just saying it could be. <laughs> it doesn't matter the political party of the president. Okay, let's that. just get back on track. Okay. Unicorns, mermaids. You ruined it. Jeez. And then we ended up with my reaction to you, which was I don't remember what why I said. Why do you have to make it weird? Yeah, I was. I said like, why do you have to? Jesus. <laughs> Jacob's looking Jacob, up like yeah, fetishes, which we can talk about if you want. We could segue into fetishes. Is this like I don't a know. romantic? I don't. Okay. Yeah. See, when you search mermaid, there's like all this uh, trashy novels. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. He, this. Okay. This is perfect. This this transitions into back to conspiracy theories. Um, there's a conspiracy. Have I told you this about the mermaids? No. Okay, there's a theory where, like, mermaids could be real because monkeys, like, ad- don't roll your eyes yet. <laughs> monkeys. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think I I've didn't. told you this. It's like where monkeys like adapted on land into people, and the, but there's a group of monkeys that went in the water and adapted into people, but in the water. So, the parallel thing is like mermaids humans are on land people mermaids are in the water um now i feel like there's some science in there which i, I like appreciate I need to stress eat some more <laughs> um anyways i think What's that's that called the yes. aquatic ape hypothesis <laughs> see <laughs> this is like my apologies to those that okay but regardless like so that so all I'm sorry, saying is sorry. there's a possibility someone could live out their mermaid fetish fantasy because mermaids could be real according to that theory. But like, um, have you seen much Futurama? I mean, hit or miss. Okay. So there's one where they go to the lost city of Atlanta. Not Atlantis. <laughs> Why did you say Atlanta? Uh, because that's what it is in the show. Okay. 
Uh, so it's like everyone's got the southern accent. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Fry, uh, I, by the end of the episode, he marries a mermaid, and then like they're trying to sleep together, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Wait, how do I?" Because anyway, they can't do it, and then they Fry runs away or swims away or whatever. Um, and then, like, Leela and Amy are like, oh, Fry, what happened? I thought it was great. And then Fry's like, well, I thought about it, and I realized I'm, I love her, but I'm not in love with her. (laughs) And then Amy says, that means trouble's in bed. (laughs) So. Okay. Do you want to keep talking about fetishes? I'm I'm game for whatever. Okay. What? Um, what are some interest? What are some like odd fetishes that you've odd fetishes known of or thought about? I don't know if it's odd. Like, I think toes is one. Toes, like yeah, not feet. not feet. feet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Feet. <laughs> I think. I think fetishes are really interesting. Like, I don't really connect to them. Like, I don't want to participate. But, like, um, the food ones, like, where you, um, (laughs) where you can, like, uh, watch somebody eat, like, like, especially, like, a small woman, like, eating a large amount of food. I think that's, like, a popular kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? I think there's actually a term for that. Um, Is is it just mukbang? Because you can do that without it being sexually charged, but I think I just think that's an interesting concept that someone like wants to see a small person eat a lot of food or whatever. Um, I'm really intrigued by the people that do um, like the baby one, where like someone's a baby and somebody's like the adult, and you can get like whole adult-sized like nursery of items. Like you can build that whole fantasy room in your house. Mm -hmm. And then my question is, (laughs) how do you transition in and out of like a really intense role-playing situation? Okay, so are you just like, okay, (laughs) which would be, I don't know what, like, can you even use safe words in that kind of context? Um, Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, are you just making... Escape characters, and this is more of a. Com- can you apply <laughs> computer <laughs> science to? <laughs> There's like an escape word, because like, what if you actually want to use the safe word in a real meaning while you're role playing? Yeah, that's a bad safe word. <laughs> I I feel like there should be a workaround. Like you just say backslash. <laughs> so it's just like computer coding or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, most of us don't know what that is. Um, There's that funny line in that movie with What's-His-Face where he says his safe word is keep going, um, which always makes me laugh. I, all I'm saying is, (laughs) I just, like, how do you segue in and out of that shit? Like, are you just hanging out, and then what do you, and then you do it, and then what happens? How do you, 
I don't know. It's hard for me. Like I'm, not, I'm totally not judging. I'm okay with whatever. But the logistics seem interesting to me yeah. too. Well, I think my <clears throat> thing with fetishes is I would probably have some if I were just more experienced. I feel like maybe it's just everyone that's got all this like it's into the BDSM and everything is just like they're bored. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you, I've done everything. Do you think they're like at the end of their skill set and they're yeah. trying to like push a boundary? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that, you don't think people are wired this way. Like Maybe there's. They are. I, I have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. Like you have no theory. No, I mean I just gave one. And <laughs> you, you disagreed, so I I'm open to to other perspectives on it. I just feel like. It's one thing to be bored, okay? It's another thing to, like, have someone... There's something where someone pretends like they're a dog or an animal, and then someone walks them around. My, uh, Someone told me recently they saw people at the park here. I think Jacob's having a blast right now. In Seattle. <laughs> it's... Um, I think there's a, there's a name for the pair of people that do that. Um, but anyways... The <laughs> I think someone's the dog and someone is, oh, it's like handlers or, I'm sure you've not heard of what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I don't think it has to be so, yeah, does it have, have to, to be that. so dominatrix looking? <laughs> I was imagining more like furry, but I, that's another thing I don't know much about because you can um, still be yeah. a furry and it's I not. I feel like we need to bring in some other guests on this stuff. Too. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Our, we're not we're not the best people we're just like about speculating <laughs> um <laughs> about things we don't know about um yeah so those are interesting um there's also people that like i don't know i think anything is a could be a fetish right like yeah. but there don't seem to be as many positive ones are there it's not like <laughs> I don't know. What would a positive one be? Oh, I'm just, I don't know. This is just like a current thought. I'm just saying the mindfulness is like there's no good or bad. There's. Oh, yeah. Alan Watts like, would say that yeah. like nothing is real. Um, right. I have a fetish for meditation. Uh, oh. That does make me think that um, <laughs> like in meditation, you always want to be careful not to get attached to things. And then it's like. I catch myself when I meditate all the time. It's like, oh man, I'm so great because I meditate. Of I course, need to tell yeah. Everyone about it. it's like you attach this ego. Yeah. To, to meditating. And it you trick yourself, which is really weird. It's like a really weird concept. What is the definition of fetish, anyways? Like we're just using that term kind of casually, but um, I wonder what what the t stipulations are. See, linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. I mean, that's... I mean, I think... Abnormal degree is kind of interesting. Yeah. So it's So what's the difference in a fetish and an obsession? Is a fetish, like, sexually charged? Is that what you would say? That like word that's like a weasel word. <laughs> oh. Not in a <laughs> not in a fetish kind of way. 
Is there a weasel fetish in this? <laughs> yes, That's there are. Know. Let's see a picture of a weasel fetish. First of all, weasels are kind of obscure animal to begin with. Like, you don't have to go very far. Okay, so it could be like the furry thing where like you're a weasel, or like you're physically. What is up with this carved weasel fetish? Oh my gosh, do not show clown fetish. I didn't even, I've never even thought of that and I can't. It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds horrifying. Clown fetish. Um, yeah. Just a Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, you know, I also think that, do you think a lot of people are like shame, like there's a lot of people with fetish desires mm. or thoughts and there's just like a lot of shame about it. Like people Maybe are so. like secrets, right? People have sure. a lot of secrets. Well, yeah. Like, um, there's, there's kind of some risk in like bringing it up to like your partner. How do you like, add, how, yeah. Like. You like you could just totally turn them off, and that could like turn them off forever. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th so the good thing about contemporary times is like there are groups. Like there are, I think there are like furry groups. I don't mean to keep doing the furry thing, but it's just one I can think mm -hmm. of. But they, there's like meetup situations, or like this dog walking your dogs in the park thing. Like there are sort of established people that you can kind of find. Mm -hmm. But, and obviously there are businesses like selling props and costumes and um, whatever, right? Manufacturing accessories. Um, but Am I too far away from the mic? Yeah, like this whole time. I've told you so <laughs> many times. Okay. Like, well, just I've get your face up in there. What is, <laughs> why not just move it towards you? Blocking my field of vision. There's no field of vision. People can't hear you. <laughs> um, so let's just say, like, is it possible to have a balanced, healthy fetish? It just, that's a contradiction, right? Uh, maybe balance is a contradiction in general. What? What do you <sighs> Is there such a thing as balance? I think, I mean, I think balance is kind of the illusion of going back and forth between two points, right? And you're mm -hmm. just not deviating too far one way or the other. Like, you're kind of, like, living in a little zone. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking it being very mechanical rather than, like, a fluid thing where it's like we have this idea with balance where it's like effortless but then if you're really um uh, here's like an analogy that one of my directors at the last job said was like um our vp was talking to all of us he's like yeah things seem like they're going really smoothly and then uh my director was like oh yeah it's like well it's really like a, a duck where it seems like it's just going smoothly along, but underneath it's just going. Yeah. 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 I think it, I think there's something to be said about it takes a lot of effort to look effortless. Yeah. And, but also, I don't know, like could balance is balance relative to different people. Like, 
like my balance for me maybe isn't the same as someone who is bipolar or something mm. like a different kind of brain structure a different lifestyle or something yeah but i think it's getting into that point of like the well i think something to strive for maybe or it's like getting to that balance of not really having effort uh, having that effort in the moment and then like is it a proficiency of a tool or a skill like is that what part of it um i'm sort of going on a tangent here about okay. um like applying i guess applying mindfulness to your life um that it's all about like no real effort required uh just like a light focus on things and so not like not being the duck where you're like just striving and striving and striving as hard as you can to like the point of burnout on some objective it's more like okay i'm gonna take this step and then i'm not gonna worry about it right but then there's a difference in like that and someone who is like uh like really disconnected or yeah kind of like really reckless or careless or um like it's like in theory those are the same but they're not they don't present the same right yeah because you can't i don't know it's it's hard to talk about like it's a hard concept sure but are we done with fetish yeah i think we're done with fetish okay what should we do next should we talk about Jordan Peterson? <laughs> Speaking of fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about him? Gosh, where do we start with this guy? I think you told me about him. Okay. Um, I feel like I heard his, uh, like, heard of him frequently or something. And then maybe it was a, I probably saw it on dating profiles or something. I the way I remember it is that it was a, when you were like trying to start your meditation and uh -huh. we were talking about it. So it was like last summer we were talking about like philosophers and meditation. And I think you told me like you'd been listening to some of his stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of like how I ran across his stuff and maybe it was, it was probably from, it being recommended from like a Joe Rogan yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I and still have seen just like a fraction of his uh, stuff. But anyway, that was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of Jordan Peterson. And it seemed like there was some controversy with him or something. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, like, I think there was one video and it seemed like to have a normal title and it seemed fine. And then, like, every recommended link on youtube is like jordan peterson owns feminist and like mm -hmm. just really charged language mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. like that um so when i saw stuff like that and then it was like i was kind of surprised that it was his conversations were a lot more reasonable than it was led on that it would be um yeah that he generally seemed 
respectful for the most part and it's just like he's got he's really opinionated Um, well he's also i feel like he's really vulnerable yeah and even when he's mad because there are moments where like i feel like i can hear his voice catch and it's almost like he could cry like he gets so like like kind of when he's doing these speeches especially or like lectures sure um he gets really passionate and but i still feel like he maintains an openness which is really unusual because he's saying some pretty like uncensored kind of sure uh, sure but he's also open to like being wrong and recognizing like holes in his arguments and right which is pretty impressive i think right yeah i think i think that's true um i'm trying to think of where so yeah i ended up telling my brother and sister because i thought it was just like interesting it's like i think if you have an open mind he's worth listening to and like you can um just take what he says and say oh that's interesting and leave it at the door um or you can hate it or whatever but yeah um because like he says i guess like the controversy over him is that he is uncensored and says things that people on like that could be used in arguments on like the alt-right um right but yeah go ahead i just i just think there's not many people that are pushing against the leftist perspective and they're really getting upset about that um right and he's I don't know. He's he's sort of trying to do nuanced conversations. Like he's very passionate, but he's also like he's not he's trying to talk through what he's thinking and sometimes he's at the edge of his mind and he'll right. like explain like he's that he's trying to work through it or whatever. While he's talking, yeah. And he's willing to talk to anybody about anything is what it looks like. Like he'll yeah. he's but people really dislike him and I think it's just easy to um like his presentation can feel like off-putting i think when he's getting passionate or when he's saying these really kind of sharp things maybe yeah um and like he'll i don't know i mean his main i think the his main controversy was the first one where he was pushing back against canada wanting to um do the forced like pronoun yeah thing i guess it was like illegal to they wanted to make it illegal, pass a bill to make it illegal to not use like um, whatever pronouns a person wanted to be called. And he's like, you can't tell me what to say. Like it's a freedom of speech kind of yeah. um, violation. Yeah, it, uh, I feel like there's a lot of nuance to what he's trying to say about that. And I probably don't even, like I don't know enough about the legislation to really comment on it, but it was that I think it's it's like you're I don't know I don't know if it's like that you're I would say like your sex is a as a fact you're that's what you're born with and you can't change that like I'm not sure if he's saying because you can put that on a form and be like, yeah, this is what the fact is. And right. then it is. So, do, like, do you know about how this thing. 
I think work. my understanding is that like he is okay with calling like a transgendered person so let's say they're transitioning to female and they want to be using like she and her pronouns mm -hmm. like he's willing to change sure. a pronoun from like male to female yep. um, no matter how the person is transitioned or presenting but he's not willing to use like new words like that z and z oh, and yeah. um i think they them and stuff like that because uh -huh. um it's like i I, th I think his what he's saying is that there's a freedom of speech kind of um violation to like force someone to uh, whatever to do that but also i think it's he it's about the control the person is trying to have over you like they're forcing you to use they're they're policing your language they're um they're kind of um i don't know kind of manipulating the situation in a way is what sure. he's trying to talk yeah, about yeah i i remember him talking about like he wants the ability to call someone out on their bullshit when they're just doing it to be attention getting or and he's gonna you know his take was he's going to use it judiciously like generally yeah if someone wants to be called he um then he'll try and respect that yeah but but also like i think um him and i think joe rogan shares this view too and several of the um intellectual dark web people yeah. uh, w. they um they feel like that it's fine like you can you can change uh, pronouns you can transgender you can whatever but um, there we still have to acknowledge biology right yeah. so you were born female you lived that way for however many years you transitioned to male it's just it's not the same as being born male biologically yeah. chemically in your body and I think that that there are people that are not wanting to acknowledge that yeah well, and that's part of the problem. I think that there's um, just having some conversation as a starting point, that, that there's a difference between gender and sex. Like, I didn't know that was a thing until I went to some website, like, trying to educate about transgender mm -hmm. stuff. And that was, like, the first thing. I was like, oh, okay, I learned something. This is a starting point as opposed to, like, just – everything being charged it's like when you're not up on the latest thing just all you see on facebook or social media is oh how can someone it's like all these opinions before you even know like before you have a starting point on like what are people talking about what um i guess an analogy is like you see all these opinion pieces on news when you're like well wait what just happened like mm-hmm um, so it's like, oh, Democrats think this about this bill that went through. And you're like, well, what's the bill say? Right. Um, I think I, I can't really tell like where, what the problem, where the problem is happening. Like there is, um, I think there's a lot of virtue seeking, um, mm -hmm. and people are like, and Alan Watts would say, you should <laughs> don't do that. Right. So I think the idea that, like, you're taking a moral high ground because you're, um, 
um, sort of jumping on a trendy yeah. bandwagon. Right. Um, I think that is a problem in and of itself. But then it also muddies the conversation because then you've got people that are really looking to just they have like kind of one liner or zinger kind of reactions and they just cut you off. Yeah. Like everyone wants from the, the conversation. Yeah. And I also think I'm I'm assuming that I mean some of the collateral damage is like that white men are now not really valued in terms of like opinion especially with like me too movement stuff and mm -hmm. yeah let's talk about me too just this whole conversation about like uh gender fluid or like body modification and just any like sexuality right it's just like white straight men are not really given a seat at the table um and i'm not saying like well, in what way about I, what thing just like like for example you were saying you look at something and you're like wait i don't know about this like what's going on and then you, there's no route for you to become educated in the conversation oh, yeah. in the in an easy uh, it's way it's like it's like when we w went to the art gallery or whatever and you what was it like you call it conversation hijacking where it's like i say something that's just ignorant cuz i don't know whatever the topic is and then you say this you call me out on this thing to make me it's like to make me feel bad mm -hmm. um but it's like well i don't know so why should i feel bad right i'm just trying to right so there's i just think there's not a route to like help people that are not part of this minority group like become educated and understand and have a space to ask questions or to like have a kind of dialogue where you're like this, where you're like yeah. talking stuff out. And I also think, I'm sure that I feel like people probably feel the same way about um, race, religion, other, I mean, other uh, topics like that. Like, but it's just more trendy right now, I guess, to have this gender and sexuality yeah. topic. Um, so let's talk about Me Too. Okay. Um, what are the good things? What are the bad things? okay um <laughs> i can tell you what i what i think i can probably boil it down to a couple oh, okay bullets. well it's not, yeah let's hear what you have to say um so i think it was i'll go with the good first i think it really just shows how prevalent like sexual harassment is um and how common like basically the gist of it is like oh yeah like every woman has been sexually harassed in some way mm -hmm. um and just bringing that awareness and like having some sense like hey this is really common um i would say the bad part of it um and i don't know I, well so yeah the bad part would be um this um, I believe all survivors think that like just because you make an accusation it's automatically given credence mm -hmm. um, that there needs to be some credibility of the person there otherwise like it just goes on both sides that um, you know someone someone can always abuse the rules 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's really hard to tune that parameter of like, well, this is a rare thing. Let's right. hear what's going on on both sides. And it seems like historically in the past, it's been like, oh, it's he said, she said, the, the man in power who by like any other like um, measure of credibility. It's like this guy's not as credible as this woman that claims this sexual harassment. Mm. Like, I think it's it's trying to. It's a hard problem, but you have to at least have a discussion on like how to make it work better than it currently is. Right. Um, because of historical, just like, of, well, the company is just gonna take the side of the guy the ceo that's in power like the guy like you'll see it with maybe hr departments where like people are low enough level where it's like okay yeah accusation this guy gets thrown out or you know they do some investigation into it but on like the higher level i don't know like there there's like it feels like there's some threshold of power where you can get away with things still right well and well, yeah and like there's a like with this um people wanting to do the presidential campaign and like like joe biden is yeah. in the conversation right um and he has this long history of like awkwardness or <laughs> that's like an understatement i guess but he does this weird touching stuff where he um like will you know i think he's like putting his arm around people and whispering in their ear and like you know holding around their waist and um and it's there's a lot of film of it i think there's a lot of instances where people have just sort of felt like a little like ooh, like it's not maybe overt is my understanding but um you know he's still why is he still doing that like what is like i don't understand like he i know that he has been told there's no way he's ignorant to what what he's doing like there's footage there's people talking about it like yeah. right like he has to know right yeah. so then the question is like why are you still doing that like what is that like what where's the self-correction it's, it's i don't understand what he's getting out of that um you know I what don't i'm know saying if it's like lack of awareness of it like surely he's been called out on that by now right so maybe he's been in washington for a long time like in politics for a long time i think he's been this has been an issue so so that's so that's like a a more mild you know example but i think the question is like why are you doing that in the first place like what do you what are you getting out of these like micro moments where you're, you mm. know, holding, you know, you're like touching, you're doing something a little bit too long or you're this or that, right? Like what? I don't get it. Um, and I think that's just like a general, like men and cat calling on the sidewalk. Yeah. Like that's like, that's clearly like a power struggle, right? Like they're trying to like overpower you. I think is it um like what are like what is that then 
if it's not about that. Because, okay, so I'm walking down the sidewalk. Someone is catcalling at me from a group. What am I supposed to do? Oh, Be like, okay. hey, like, well, let's like, go out and hang out. Or, you know, like, what's what's the end game there? Um, so you're strangers? You're yeah, catcalling. So, so I was trying to think of uh, something that happened the other day. It was just like I saw someone walking down the street and she was just gorgeous or whatever and i was like there was some part of me that wanted to like get either be like i want her to pay attention to me and i want her to know that i think she's gorgeous so that there is a chance that something happens i think it's like is that just like part of your wiring is that like kind of a male um, psyche i mean i think that's uh, I mean, I, it's like you're attracted to someone. You want to get their sure. attention somehow. Well, there's like a there's like a, a magnetic kind of pull. I think that people yeah. can have, like people that are like uh, socially attractive or like, yeah. in whatever. But I just like I am not going to yell across the street. Sure. Like I don't understand, like what. I'm, and I'm, I'm sure, like, there are definitely women that are doing that to attractive men. Like, it's it goes yeah. both ways. But I don't understand the mindset. I don't understand the benefit of that. Well, I think it's, like, the problem, it's just too aggressive or something. Like, And it's, it's public? Yeah. It's, like, out of nowhere, right? There's, there. it's kind of jarring, mm-hmm. right? What's the point? So then, yeah. and then I, like, the receiver has, like, the mental load of reacting and trying to, like, neutralize the situation, essentially, like. Yeah, so I guess walk me through more of the woman's perspective on it. Um, like, you get catcalled. What's the, what's the thing that's unsettling about it? Is it, like, I think you were saying something about you did like physically felt unsafe or something um well i i i mean obviously like not every i can't speak for every person but i think it's it feels threatening for Mm -hmm. sure and i just think in general like men can so easily overpower women physically in a lot of ways like just biologically right so there's like already a disadvantage and then if it's like a group of men and someone's catcalling you like it just feels really like what are you gonna do and like you don't know how it's gonna progress yeah like you don't know if anyone is like like you have to sort of evaluate the situation is like well is there anyone that could physically help me if something happened like am I in like a visible space? Am I sure. like, sh- what should I do? Should I just keep going? Should I ignore them? Should I just like be friendly, but not engaged? Like it all makes it worse. I think, right. I don't know if there's a great solution. If yeah. you're aggressive back, that's not great. Like that it's none of it's good. And to me, like, w- again, I don't understand the benefit. So like, okay, you cat call someone probably most of the time they're going to ignore you, right? Like that's going to yeah. be your first thing to do is like ignore them. And then they're just like, then that's nothing. It's like, right. okay, whatever. Bye. Done. Right. 
so to me it's, it's like i think it's a way to like take power from you it, it it creates like a power dynamic well yeah it's like how um what's the way like in that situation you're not very empowered to like say that made me uncomfortable no well i i mean i don't see how you could approach it with reason yeah because my i think my experience or observation is that if you, the more you engage like the more it escalates and it gets it just gets worse well it's like it achieves it's a the objective is to start a conversation mm -hmm. and then they're one step closer to talking to you than they were but before. it's so it's so toxic who's ever who's ever met that way who's ever like <laughs> how did you guys meet you're dating oh, okay. you're getting married um like i was cat called on the sidewalk by a stranger <laughs> and we really hit it off it's like i've never heard that has I'm, that ever happened? I don't like, know. I I wouldn't say that. Is it worth the one in a billion shot? Like, no. is it worth it? I like. I'm sure it's happened before. Okay. Yes. There's, like. I don't know. I think this just goes into a um, a difference between men and women in general that like um I, yeah like I, immediately what i'm what i'm taking with like the guy that's uh, that's catcalling he's jumping immediate to like the relationship being something sexual it's and, impulsive yeah i think it's an impulsive behavior so probably people that are have a hard time with that sure or doing it sure so to me it's just like an immediate red flag it's like it's no like never no how could what yeah yeah <laughs> first impressions i don't it's weird sure but i think that kind of stuff uh, like i guess this goes into like pickup type stuff where it seems like a lot of pickup advice kind of preys on women with low self-esteem and mm. so it's like well you give them this attention that they're craving it's like unhealthy attention but mm -hmm. um it's like something that works it's you try enough someone's gonna pick up on it and give you positive feedback um um there have to be better ways that's like the worst way and sure. yet people keep it's so it just feels like this weird common knowledge too well, why is yeah i like i i don't think i think that's something there should be a conversation of because i don't think that that's common knowledge um i don't think most men know why like catcalling would be so threatening and like make someone feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. i like i which is like yeah. shocking like that feels like a shocking thing 
And I think that is what makes, like, women feel, like, in groups, it makes them feel frustrated. They're just like, these fucking guys Mm -hmm. don't know what's up. And then that creates the exclusion, I think. Well, yeah, then it's the, okay, you don't even, it's not even worth having a conversation with you because you can't read my mind in this situation of why this. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it's read my mind, but, um. I just, I feel like it's not a good approach. It's, like, not clever. It's not, it doesn't make sense. Oh, sure. It's the first thing. It's, like, instinct. Well, and maybe that's me. Like, maybe I'm biased. Like, I I tend to not value people with impulsive behaviors in terms sure. of that. Like, I just, like, in general. So maybe there are people that that is, a, like, a positive signal to them. Like, they would want that kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can't do it. It's still, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like so unproductive, but that's like my filter. Um, so I want to draw a parallel here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work of um, just like strategies for like mating strategies for men and women. And that that's like the whole sperm is cheap kind of thing. Um, you have you heard of this university experiment where they take like an attractive man and he walks around campus and he approaches women uh-huh. um, and then they do it the, the opposite way so like when the guy approaches women he says hey I've been noticing you around campus would you like to go on a date and so the women take him up 50% of the time and mm. then um they do the same thing. He asks different questions like, hey, w- would you like to come over to my apartment? And then the number taking him up on it, you know, plummets. It goes down a lot, but still some s- say yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. And then <laughs> so, risky. That's so um, risky. Then the last one is, but noticing you're around, would you like to have sex with me? And then that gets like, no one. <laughs> No one says yes. Mm. Um, then when you flip it the other way. Oh, I see. Attractive woman approaches the guy. 50% say yes to, to the, the date. date. To the date one. Then it's like 70% or a higher number. So like more people. So some people would say no to the date. But they would say yes, yes to coming over to your apartment. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like almost 100% if uh she asks to have sex so i just yeah i feel like men are using strategies as if they were approaching other men Mm -hmm. yeah so it's and so that's it's kind of just like well they didn't think about it like yeah that's a problem well right (laughs) so it's i but i think it goes it's on both sides like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff happens and Mm -hmm. it's like a lack of awareness so both sides would be better off kind of knowing some some of like where the other side is coming from yeah like what I still don't understand what I'm supposed to be understanding (laughs) from the guy's perspective yeah where where am I missing uh, the situation here um 
Okay. It's, I'm blanking, but. Text text me when you uh, figure yeah, that I'll, out. Um, what, what else should we talk about? I was talking about ASMR earlier. I was trying to explain that to you. Maybe, yeah, Jacob can look up the actual word. But we could, t so when we're famous, oh, we should talk about what we're going to do when we're famous. Um, autonomous sensory meridian response, ASMR. So people say they feel like a tingly, like relaxing sensation when they hear like, sometimes it's whispers, sometimes it's um, just like different sounds, crinkly sounds or like any kind of sounds without talking. Um, yeah, so there are people that do um, exclusively H ASMR uh, videos. And I think someone told me that they did an ASMR video for the Super Bowl as a commercial. Um, anyways, so that's something we can do fun times. What are we going to do when we're famous? Okay, we can't do it right now. Um, I think it's all or nothing, right? Is like it? it you I can't just like talk and segue into H ASMR, right? Like people are, it like takes you out of the experience. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't affect me. So, um, what are we gonna do when we're famous from this oh. podcast? Um, or and how are we gonna spend our money? Well, so yeah, is it? How do we? bask in the fame or how do we spend our money well i think the first question is like how do we get famous like is it a scandal or is it because <laughs> we're producing good content uh all i know is the rules you just produce content consistently and then people will follow that's what our production manager said yeah i think i agree with that and talking to the mic okay. and talking to the mic it's okay. We'll see in the comments section people uh, criticizing your mic skills. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I move away from the mic to breathe in. That doesn't make sense. That's from the Chocolate Rain video. People There's want an annotation. Anyways. I want to meet Oprah, like I said. So that'll be one consequence. Or Ellen. I'll take Ellen or Oprah. If they're watching. In the future. Okay, that's not. Is that helping? <laughs> See. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I can emotionally handle a scandal. What kind of scandal? Jeez. Why uh, does it have to be that? I'm just thinking. I think we should plan for the worst. Okay. Under promise, over deliver. <laughs> I don't okay. want to worry about the scandal right now. Right, but we should. Don't you think people You've that are in scandal right now? You're. <laughs> it's like you're talking Harry Potter yeah. hexing you. Um. All I'm saying is, people get fired for tweets, like one tweet. Oh yeah. People get like humiliated and ridiculed, like via the internet. <laughs> Sure. Um, for like one sentence. Yeah. Career ending. Fired. 
devastation, jail time. I yeah. will visit you in jail, probably. If, <laughs> probably. If that helps. Thanks. <laughs> That's comforting. Are you saying you will probably visit me in jail because I'll be in jail? Or yeah. that given that I go to jail, you'll visit me? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll try to make it happen. Yeah. Whatever happens. Well, we'll have so much money. We can probably pay your bond or whatever. Okay, that's right. That's good. We'll have like money to burn. Cool, because that's how it works. We'll get we'll get so rich that we basically yeah won't be jailable. Well, and you can use like white privilege, male privilege powers. I hope that's still around then. <laughs> yeah, I think the window of time is closing on that. Um. Yeah, I also may just like pretend like I don't know you oh, or yeah. something. I'm I'll That's I might have an escape strategy. plan. That's probably a good strategy. <laughs> I need some kind of way to get out of this. Um Oh, maybe by the time there's a scandal, um we'll have the option of some kind of like alternate reality. What if like the future of prison is like they just send you, they just hook you up to something, you're in a different sort of simulated Mm. reality you're just like in a constant state of anxiety what would they do yeah i don't know i'm just exploring that thought um just like torture yeah should we talk about simulated reality yeah do you do you want to explain i don't know i feel like i don't have a grasp of like talking about that with words and i mean i think it's a kind of a natural um, way of thinking of like the infinite regress problem of creation as a way uh, of thinking about it. so like everyone wants to think what's the first cause and then it's like okay well then once you know that answer what caused the first cause so it wasn't the first cause it was something before it mm. and then you it's like okay well then you have some first cause and you call it God. Okay. But then like the logical question then is like, okay, well, what created God? And you just keep going back. So you have to either keep going back or you have to say, hey, maybe there was no first, there was nothing before this. Mm. Like it didn't have a cause. And so you could just, so that's like, I think I tend to be, on the uh, nothing had a cause because it's like a simpler explanation. Like Occam's razor. Yeah, shape. yeah. So it's like regardless, you you either have to have this infinite regress or at some step um, there was no f- cause before that. Um, that make sense no no i was half listening okay i just want to be honest all right you were i heard you but i didn't hear you okay you know what i mean yeah okay um well that's fine because we're gonna go into simulated reality so like there's i feel like the simulated reality one goes into like the infinite regress where it's like there is 
a some godlike thing that created us. And so maybe that's uh, I don't know some advanced species that's figured out how to simulate a reality. Right. So we. So when people talk about if we're in a simulation, right, when people use that kind of phrasing, mm -hmm. they're really saying that, like, we are not in an autonomous environment. Would that be? Depend depends on your perspective of autonomous. You may be autonomous within the system. Like, you could be very well, like, that's, that's sort of an, another issue I have with it it's like suppose you are in this simulation but it's like you're it's completely self-contained right so and, they then like what's the point why do what why should I care well that reminds me of like Christianity like God creating the earth and whatever all the people yeah. and all the stuff and then kind of letting it ride and yeah. exist in its own uh-huh ecosystem yeah so, if we're in a simulation, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like people say it like there's a technology kind of component. Yeah. Um, th like, I think that's the technology part is um, that we'll get to that point quickly from where we are now. That, like, we can do simulations already. Um, and then well, we can do like really rudimentary like simulations of things but like simulating what what are we simulating economic modeling <laughs> <laughs> like that's why that's why i'm not understanding i mean i i feel like i get the concept in general but it's like the verbiage is hard to connect with like okay simulating what like what are we I don't know I don't, I don't really connect with the concept as much as maybe um, I need to investigate it more maybe I mean like like someone's controlling kind of our experience of is um, that what it is say what someone's controlling our experience something is like that that's the unsettling part of it I mean is that the simulation is that yeah, that it's like we're like Sims, like we're yeah, like a Sims that we're game. We're Sims, and it feels <laughs> self-contained. But at any moment, someone could just turn off the simulation and right. Yeah. So it's just like we're in a game. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see how that's different than what's actually happening. <laughs> it, it feels. I know I've, to, I've told you about this before, but my whole perception about even being alive, it's like, okay, that's really weird to think about. It's like, okay, I didn't ask to be born. I appear, there's a bunch of strangers taking care of me, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Um, they tell me all these rules I have to follow and all this stuff that's going on and here's how you do this or that. I grow up, I have all these expectations I can't fulfill and I could die at any second. Nobody knows how, but you can't kill yourself. You have to play the game. Mm -hmm. Good luck, and we're not gonna help you. 
it's like, okay, well, I don't know what this is, but it doesn't feel great all the time, for sure. Yeah. I feel like a sim. Like, I feel like this is definitely like a sim. Well, and that you don't have control of your brain 85% of the time. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like having repeat unproductive thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like a healthy that's like a healthy context that's not even including like somebody with a disability or a struggle or whatever like Mm -hmm. (laughs) other obstacles trauma yeah i don't know this is i i think what i'm thinking is that this is not a good simulation yeah, can they we, need to. Can we tweak the game for yeah. the love of God? Like, can, yeah. can we adjust? We need to <laughs> give some error messages. Say, hey, can you, can you refactor this code? I this mean, part of the simulation isn't fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's my perspective on the simulation. What a, What do you think about the mandala effect? Is that a conspiracy <laughs> theory? We've talked about this. You're rolling your eyes. <laughs> I, yeah, I think my trainer was telling me about it. I think time. we've. I think I've mentioned it before, but it's um, it's a conspiracy type thing, right? So this is definitely something that could be looked up, but um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's where um, people have a memory that um, oh. he died. Yeah. In prison, but he didn't. He died like after he got out. Yeah. And then there's these other things that people remember, and it, it's just it's false memories. It's misremembering. Yeah, like I. But feel they're collective. Sure, I think. Oh yeah, there's one um, famous one. That it's um, the Darth Vader one saying, uh, because he never explicitly says luke i am your father he says yeah. no i am your father um right and it's like to me i think it's just like eh close enough well like, <laughs> like who cares um, okay but i mean <laughs> okay um what about like the bernstein bear books what about it that's one of them that it was like what? bernstein instead of Bernstein or uh, the way it was spelled oh yes. with, I think that's just ignorant like that okay. seems like what about it's just a weird people spelling. thought there was a movie in the 90s called Shazam or something yeah that's because there was a movie called Kazam it was close right so but, I, I think it's like but the fact that there's like a collective group of people that individually misremembered is kind of interesting I know you're, <laughs> you're like, I'm fake, just fake not, news. I, yeah, I, <laughs> but I, but I think that it's like people make mistakes. It's like, of course, multiple people are going to make the same mistake. I just don't see why that's so amazing. I, <laughs> I think there was another one about food that I can't remember. Um, a food label or a food pack. Oh, it was Twix, I think. Or it was a candy bar. It was like the spelling of it or I don't, you know, whatever it is. Um, huh. 
I, I don't, but there's some there's something about that, like a packaging. Like TW. I mean, I don't think Twix is what it is, but Someone. it's I think it's candy. Um. Anywho, I think it's an interesting concept that that's. But do you think it's just like a numbers thing where there's like so many people and so many. Like what you're saying, there's just like close associations or yeah maybe maybe there's something like maybe an expert on it could explain the I, nuance i don't think to they it. understand but but to me memory. it just feels like yeah there's enough people in the world they're gonna make a mistake on how they interpret something they're gonna misinterpret it as something close enough like uh, you know we're used to seeing like a german spelling of a word something stein and we're like, oh yeah, it was like Berenstain, but Berenstain bears is like kind of how you embedded it in your mind. And like when you read those books, you were a freaking kid. You didn't know how to spell. So you're like, oh yeah, it's like there was some weird stuff well, at the end. But and, here's the but thing. Here it's like here's the thing. Like, I, <laughs> I remember it being E and not an A. Like I visually remember that. And that's uh, yeah. what people are saying. Yeah, I think I... I so, think I did too. So we participated in I the did. false memory. Sure. But I think that's like, um, that's probably kind of explaining, explains how false memories work, where you just learn something after the fact. And like, you remember there was like some uh, cursive character there and it spelled Berenstain and you didn't, know how it was spelled but it's like uh you know e-i-n is pretty common so <laughs> your brain just puts that in the memory I feel, I, I feel like you're talking about this in a different way than normal like you're over it like you're i am <laughs> yeah i i just don't see what's so amazing about it maybe Well, Maybe it's just knowing. Clearly, you were not reprogrammed in the simulation glitch or whatever yeah. people are saying happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, you had a clean memory all the way through, I guess. Or you I were guess. reprogrammed or whatever. So. Yeah, I'm either the upgraded or the downgraded <laughs> model. I don't know which one. <laughs> all right. Well, we won't ever have to talk about that again if you don't want to. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, we've gotten through a good bit of this, of our list. Um, should we talk about political correctness? We kind of have touched on it. Do you have any, like, burning thoughts? Um, Trump 2020? <laughs> I was about to say Trump when we were talking about something, but I restrained myself. It actually would have been a really good... What? It was there's no we this is uncut uncensored I, we gotta keep our jobs what were you gonna <laughs> say <laughs> so he, i don't remember he was a perfect example for something okay. got it um we've got through made up cocktails i don't know why you wrote that you you said we should write that down um uh, it was the ginger beer and yeah so for those listening yeah which is just us in the future Let's just be honest. Yeah. We, we had a good idea where we took ginger beer, which is normally too sweet for me, and we cut it with club soda, and then we added blueberries. 
and it was magical like a ginger ale yeah so free tips um holding a position for a while yeah you can't do it you're no uh, but you're getting it now here at the end so i'm that's great. i'm just adjusting myself back to talking into the microphone when i remember but don't you hate when you're listening to people talk and one person is louder and the other one's not and it's hard to find oh yeah volume. i don't envy the listeners at all yeah. or or jacob our well for <laughs> good thing no one's gonna hear this that's right probably um i mean oprah ellen fingers crossed yes what else Offensive impressions. <laughs> Feel free to do Richard Nixon or whatever you said you had up your sleeve. Was Richard Nixon being someone else? I forget. No, you said like, was it like a... It was the Futurama Nixon. Futurama Nixon, yeah. So he he goes like, Nixon's back! <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know if that was offensive. Do people care about Nixon anymore? Are we over that? I don't know. What's the what's Statue his of like what's his <laughs> on hating what, Nixon? Yeah, what's <laughs> what's his approval rating now? Um, oh man, people have pictures with. I'm thinking um Nixon tattoos. The Big Lebowski. Um, the dude had a picture of Nixon bowling on on his wall. That was just like an interesting thing to mm -hmm. have. Can you look up Nixon bowling? I think I think it's very. I think people still yeah. don't like Nixon. It's a. Do you it's like a good picture? Do you like bowling? Uh, I bowled my. Uh, freshman year of college a lot really just yeah. like for fun yeah i had i went with some friends uh we went like multiple times per week for like six months so oh. i got pretty decent at it i learned how to spin it um mm. and it like i had a game where i bowled a 193 um and so i think the game started with like five or six strikes so that means like the rest of the game was like terrible, but <laughs> I started out really strong. Mm. Um, I was in a bowling league in middle school. Cool. Like bowl for real. The stone zone. Do Can we you change your laugh? Yeah, let's talk, we're, let's talk about all these topics. Um, what's next? Yeah, can you change your laugh? Oh, yeah. I was thinking this earlier. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I said I didn't think it was possible to be able to alter your laugh. Like, that it, like, how do you even learn? You don't learn how to laugh. Like, babies laugh, you sure. know? And they all sound, I think they all sound pretty similar, but it's, like, still their laugh. Like, we're not teaching them how to laugh. Yeah. Right? And you're, and I don't laugh like my parents or something. It's not like it's a trait, really. I think it's just like built into your how your body is built. Mm -hmm. Also, laughing is just like a weird concept to even think about. Like, what is it? What is laughing even? What is oh, that? yeah. That's kind of hard to 
intellectualized. I also think dreams are weird. Like that that's that we're just like, oh yeah, this like weird stuff, ha this like stuff that in real life, no way, shape or form could actually happen. Uh, yeah, that's like totally fine. It happens in your dreams. There's just something. What do you mean? Um, that it's like, there doesn't, there's not physical proof, I guess, of it. And like, you mm. could, it's something, if dreams weren't so widely accepted as like, yeah, that's real, then everyone would just think you're crazy. You're like, oh, I had this vision last night while that my I grandparents came. Yeah, while I wasn't awake, <laughs> that my grandparents came to visit me. And then we mowed the grass and ate a banana. What kind of dreams are you having? I, uh, I, not lucid dreams. <laughs> Clearly. Yours are like very practical and balanced. Yeah. I was trying to make it crazy, but <laughs> that was, was not like... the opposite of crazy. I didn't want to go down like a violent route. Okay, do you ever have like I have dreams? Some I think they're just like stress dreams where, like I'm trying to scale a vertical, like something like a like a skyscraper or like a like a grass like ledge or whatever or something like. I'm like trying, I'm like clawing and trying to grab and like free solo climb or whatever. <laughs> um, some kind of like vertical structure. No. Like I'm like suspended in the air, like way. Of, yeah. Or I'm on the roof of a skyscraper and unharnessed or something. Are your dreams had, detailed? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really remember my dreams um i guess writing them down would help uh but i i like never have those thematic type dreams mm. i think the closest one it's like when i was in elementary school it was i would have dreams that it was like the last week of school or something or we got like snowed out for a lot of days or something mm. and then we had to go back and that I missed one of the days we had to go back and it was terrifying um, I, I have a version where I'm like it's like the final exam or it's like the last day of class yeah. and I've never been to class yeah yeah it's something like that and i can't find the classroom and i'm trying to think what i'm gonna say and i'm like where was i why was yeah. i in class um yeah that's exactly what yeah. it is um but i think that's i don't know but i only had that dream when i was a kid i i have that still i have school dreams sometimes huh um what it, well what's your opinion about the laugh you said you thought people could change their laugh yeah, I remember feeling like I was aware of it and found things that I liked about other people's laughs when I was a kid. Did you this could be a Mandela effect where I'm injecting myself in the past and saying this, but... Well, is this your... Like, do you have the laugh? Your Do you have an ideal laugh right now? Is it like... I, Yeah, I kind of like my laugh. I don't even remember what your laugh is. Well, 
It's not I, and very I loud. like my uh, there. You have different kinds of laughs. Yeah. Um, I, it's like the one that you can't control is the one that I like. Um, Your laugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you, okay? That's like isn't that a contradiction to what you just said? You said <laughs> the laugh you can't control. I mean, yeah, the one that like, I think you can observe laughs and be like, "Huh, I kind of like that," and then you might pick it up when you laugh the next time. I don't yeah, think that's yeah, a, that's yeah. never happened. I get what you're saying with if with it being a contradiction in terms, but like what I have no way I'm to control saying, my laugh. Some people have crazy laughs. I think on the one there's <laughs> ones where you can control a little bit and so you try and like pick it up and then you keep repeating that pattern and then you eventually okay. learn it and adapt it to your subconscious. Okay. Laugh. So if you mean like repress then I understand what you're saying. Like, there are people that will, like, cover their mouth or they'll, like, hold in the sounds, right? So they're kind of, like, repressing the laugh. But I don't think you can, like, change the structure of your laugh, right? I don't know what the structure would be. Like, I think it's pretty minor, what? what I'm thinking of. Is it so minor we can't even talk about it? Maybe. It's definitely hard to talk about. I, I, and maybe for me, it was just like getting, also getting positive feedback about my laugh. I remember in high school, someone gave me positive feedback about my laugh because I'm like generally a reserved person. And then I had like a really jovial laugh. Uh, so it was just like unleashing this like true sense of being. And I, like oh yeah i can be this other person too or like there's this other element of mm -hmm. me that i get to express is that different than anyone else though i don't know i mean like if you're a big personality and you have a big oh sure it's, it's more of a contrast yeah i see what you're saying i think we've almost covered everything we have just let's just be extreme and do it all Oh yeah, you talked about food. We don't want to talk about food. Let's we'll talk some about it. What? Oh, oh yeah, food and regulation. Yeah, I didn't understand what you wanted to say there. Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, we could almost save. We we could save it for another time. There was a thing about that I just saw on YouTube the other day about like we need a national food policy um, that we have all these I guess it, it talked about the subsidies for the corn industry and so they make high fructose corn syrup and all of that but then there's not like we're not really pulling together to advocate for like yeah we just want healthy sustainable meals um, but, well that's just like money right um, but I don't think it's just money. I think it's like regulation. It's about, it's about us pulling together and prioritizing what's important. I um, just think the food industry is influencing the political sector. Oh, sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Like 
and it's money driven they're like feedback okay loop. yeah i see what you're saying definitely yeah it's it definitely is because all the the like the agriculture industry is driving that and that's a lot of the midwest states and yeah because the they don't um, want to lose those folks right so the incentive is monetary and that's never like yeah. that's always gonna override like the needs of the group isn't that just that's just like a constant battle i don't know if that's possible to overcome like especially on the yeah. scale like this the size of the u.s like population wise I mean, I think some things are more powerful than some amounts of money. Uh, there's a tipping point. Mm. Anyway, I I need I need to think about that more. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? <laughs> Death and dying social media. Digital um, detox. Yeah, I can talk about social media and digital detox. Is there detox. something you want to say about social media? Um, that it's like, well, that Vegas was ahead of its time and it's like the internet before it existed. It's like all these things just vying for your attention. Um, and then it's incredibly stressful as a human being to be like, everything's trying to grab my attention. What do I actually pay attention to? Um, and the internet um it's just like i feel like it's it's like a petri dish for mind wandering it's just like <laughs> here's where your mind can wander and then you can just totally lose yourself yeah um and here we are contributing to the noise sure <laughs> I'm more We should off only the grid. do cassette tapes. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm more off the grid with social media. I don't really have any. I haven't done Facebook in like a year or more, more than a year. Well, but it's it's like I've taken breaks you, from you've it. Taken breaks, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like though it's so big that it's isolating not to be on there like you're definitely like yeah i after i've taken some breaks from it, like i took a full month at least off in uh january and it was it was good like i didn't feel like i was missing anything i i was kind of scared of that for a while and then you're still like yeah i've got 10 more minutes back to my day yeah, I think it's like um, in a broader sense you're kind of missing out. And there's a lot of um, websites or apps or dating apps or whatever where they almost require you to log in with Facebook. Yeah. Um, which seems. Oh, yeah. Like that's so annoying. That's been the way that I've like broken my Facebook. Um, deactivations is by logging into a dating app mm -hmm. it's like well shit i need and a lot of um like small organizations or things people just advertise on there for meetings or meetups or 
um, events, stuff that I wouldn't see organically. Like someone has to tell me essentially. Yeah. You know, they would have to like screenshot well, something. Right. But it's kind of like, I feel like you don't have to read the news. Like your friends will just tell you the important stuff you need to know. Um, I think Mm -hmm. same thing with meetups and then whatever, you know, if one time out of a hundred, something slips through the cracks, it's worth it because you didn't have to waste an hour a day on social media. Yeah. I think it airs on the side of like under whelming than overwhelming you which is better i think yeah um but yeah i feel like that um yeah social media and like dating apps too it's like this anti-mindfulness thing it's like all about ego and so yeah i mean and i think the the process of of the and the exposure of searching through profiles is really uh draining and feels kind of toxic like because i never remember feeling like wow i'm so glad everyone's doing well (laughs) on facebook you know it's like it's not that yeah it's like it feels more hollow yeah i don't of course ever leave it feeling satisfied yeah yeah just like a form of digital junk food or yes whatever yeah Anyway, should we wrap up? Do we have an outro? Uh, I think we'll we just wrap up and we're like, yeah, we're done. That oh okay. Yeah, but cue the music. It w- <laughs> cue the bloopers. Yeah, cue the bloopers.